Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Little pick-me-up midway through our show. For those of you who are Michigan fans, though, you need no pick-me-up. You're wide awake. You're full of adrenaline. At some point, it will wear off, but it's not right now. (laughs) The Wolverines win their first college football national championship since 1997 when they shared it. That was not part of the BCS or the college football playoff. That goes back to rankings and voting. Uh, And so this is a new day for Michigan football and for the Wolverines. Who has it better than they do? The only answer right now, especially, is nobody. And I'm not sure if you heard that story on the ESPN broadcast, uh, but they were talking about it when highlighting Jack Harbaugh, who is the father of Jim and, and also John, who is there, that they used to live in this little bitty house when dad was coaching and he would come home and ask them who has it better than we do. And the answer that he expected was nobody. And so his sons would respond that way. And so now they both use it at their respective football programs and certainly in front of the microphones all the time. So congratulations to Jim, who says he can finally eat or sit at the big kids table now because he's got a championship like his brother and like his dad. Uh, And we'll see what happens with him moving forward. So that's number one top line story for sports on what is quickly becoming a Tuesday morning for the United States. Second story, I would say, Ja Morant out for the season. Nine games is all he managed before. And he started to play really well. uh, Is all he managed before a torn labrum requiring surgery will sideline him for the rest of the Grizzlies season. And remember, he just got back from a lengthy suspension to start the year. And sure, he's expected to be recovered in time for next season. But they were 6-3 and three with Ja back in the lineup. Uh, and if you're looking for perspective, they won six games the entire time that he was suspended to start the season. Right? So they need him. He's the engine. He's their best player. He's one of the best scorers in the NBA. And I worry about him because even though this injury is not a result of poor decisions or maybe some immature choices, the whole social media, flashing the gun, uh, not taking heed after the first suspension, all of those were on jaw. But I was hopeful that the structure of being part of a team, the accountability, the discipline of that structure that would help him make better choices. Now, maybe he still continues forward feeling like he's got a handle on dealing with anxiety and stress, but what we know about athletes who are injured is very often there's a lot of time spent by themselves. I'm 
hoping that the team continues to put people around him, not just the athletic trainer or the physical therapist, but put people around him who can support him and encourage him and keep him going, but also let him know that he's not alone. But yeah, Ja will need that season-ending shoulder surgery, and this news dropped pretty early in the Michigan game, and boom, blew up Twitter. And while we're talking basketball, Draymond Green, with his first comments since he was also suspended indefinitely by the NBA for what was his second altercation. Remember, he put Rudy Gobert in a chokehold during a fight between the Timberwolves and the Warriors. And at that point... Well, we knew the NBA was already considering his track record, and they told him, essentially, you're zero tolerance. We've had enough of your antics, of your losing control, of your not taking care of your business the way that everyone else in the NBA is expected to, taking things too far, allowing your outbursts, your anger, your lack of self-control to be a headline for the NBA when we're trying to present a product that is, sure, entertaining and dramatic and compelling, but not mindful of thugs and violence and malice of the palace, for heaven's sakes. So they put him on notice. And then what does he do? He goes off the deep end. Hits Yusuf Nurkic in the face after the two of them got tangled up in a game in mid-December and get suspended indefinitely. As a side note, I had no idea this happened. I was here on December 12th, the night of December 12th, which was a Tuesday. And I knew we talked about, even analyzed the video and what might happen with Draymond after the encounter with Nurkic and after he ended up with a flagrant two and got ejected. He did speak after that game, said that it wasn't intentional. He was trying to disentangle himself in his attempt to kind of sell the call, so to speak. He hauls off and nails him in the face. But the NBA has given him no benefit of the doubt and and will not anymore. And so I go off, I start final preparations for my wedding, which was a few days later, and I I don't check headlines. I was really disengaged from the sports world to just not only get married, but participate in all the family and, and friend activities and everything that we had planned. And so by the time I check sports news again, it's, oh gosh, a week and a half later, And I find out that he's suspended indefinitely. So before I got back on the air, right after Christmas, actually Christmas night, I realized that he'd been suspended indefinitely. Well, he's back with the Warriors. He's been reinstated by the league. The team desperately needs him. They're 11th in the Western Conference right now. They're below 500. They're having a hard time protecting leads, so clearly the defense is missing Draymond Green, but they're also missing his spirit. As much as he plays on the edge, 
where on his best days, that emotion, that intensity, that drives him but also drives the team. He can direct it for good. The defense is built around him. He's what makes it work. He's who makes it work for Steve Kerr. And Kerr has said that over and over again. And so they've missed him. They've missed his intensity. So this is a basketball thing, but it's also a teammate thing. Remember last year, punching Jordan Poole in the face, his own teammate. People have talked about Draymond needing help. And it may not be an anger management problem. It's just he's out of control and didn't really accept the stop signs, the red flags, recognizing that he was hurting his team. The men that he said he cared about the most, you damage that trust. And a lot of times when it's broken, it's impossible to get back. Steve Kerr has talked about that. They traded away Jordan Poole to make sure they could keep the peace and keep the trust with their core. And this is how Draymond pays them back or rewards them for his, for their faith in him. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. You can find me on Twitter, A-Law Radio. As we share these comments from Draymond, they come from his own podcast. It's called The Volume. And it features some really personal revelations. And I would say startling revelations. He admits that he was ready to walk away from basketball altogether when he got suspended indefinitely. I had a conversation with Adam Silver, commissioner of our league. I just told him, Adam, it's too much for me. Like, this is too much. It's all becoming too much for me. And I'm going to retire. And Adam said, ah, you're making a very rash decision. And I won't let you do that. You know, we had a long, great conversation. Very helpful to me. Very thankful uh, to play in a league with a commissioner like Adam, uh, who's more about helping you than hurting you or helping you than punishing you. Or, you know, he's more about the players. So Adam Silver, NBA commissioner, said, no, Draymond, I'm not letting you retire in the throes of this emotion, in the throes of everything you're feeling. Now, you know, it's a great piece of wisdom. Never make a monumental decision about your life or make a large, significant change in the wake of an emotional event. So, for instance, the death of someone that you care about, the loss of a family member. Or, in the case of sports specifically, you never make a decision after a really painful, gut-wrenching defeat. Or a win, for that matter. And here's Draymond, just ready to walk away because he can't deal with it anymore, doesn't want to deal with it anymore, it's becoming too much. And Adam Silver says, no, you can't make a decision like this. It would be rash. I appreciate that from Adam. And, of course, the league is better with Draymond. He's a character. He's a personality. He's so smart. 
And that's the part that is so hard to, to wrap your brain around. He's so smart. He knows better than this. But when he loses control and he loses his mind, there's no stopping him. We've heard, we've heard Steve Kerr say that before. It doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter what we say. He will not listen to reason when he's out of his mind. John McEnroe used to say the same thing. I'm another person. It's like I'm someone completely different when I get out there on the court. And while that served him well as a world number one and an incredible champion, the number of times that he failed to control his temper, the number of times that he failed to keep his words and his emotions under wraps or channel them into his play, so detrimental. Think how many more opportunities or how many more wins there could have been. And at this point, Draymond's got to be asking himself that question. But also asking himself how much he's hurt the people that he cares about the most in the professional realm, in the professional arena. So what did he learn while he was suspended? And putting my phone down and being so present with my family and being so present in those moments. I'm missing texts. I'm missing calls. And I realized I had no time to talk on the phone. <laughs> I had no time to text. But the busiest part of my life was removed. How is it that I have no time now? And it was a very eye-opening experience for me. I love that revelation. And I wish I could hear more. In fact, I maybe we'll go back and listen to the whole episode of The Volume, which is Draymond Green's podcast, because I want to hear him expand on that. But he's saying I was so busy with my family and what really matters, what's important. His kids, I'm not sure if he's married, but either way, the mother of his children, his partner, I was so busy with my life, even though basketball, which often keeps me away from my family, keeps me connected to my phone all the time, keeps me in that media space and that social media space. All of that was removed, and yet I didn't have to have the talk on the phone. I get that. When you're so present and you're so involved with people, yeah, it's it's hard to make time. Gosh, I feel like I'm trying to find that balance myself in my own life now. Being married, it's it's hard enough to find time to answer text messages, but now I, I love my mom, best friend in the world. When do I talk to my mom? When do I do that? When do I keep in touch with friends? How do I schedule phone calls? It's completely different from being single. A good challenge to have, but completely different. And so for Draymond to pour himself into his personal life and the people in his family, kind of a new revelation. And I appreciate that. I'm glad that he put his phone down. I'm glad that He was present and in the moment and not thinking about whatever else he had to do. 
It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. One of the people in his life, though, that is not just about business and not just about basketball is Steve Kerr. The two of them are very tight. While Kerr is honest about the problems that Draymond creates for himself and honest about the challenges with Draymond, he has always been Draymond's biggest fan. He's always been Draymond's biggest supporter. Coach Kerr came to visit me after shoot-around. And we sat in the yard. He cried. I cried. Because there's a bond there that seen it all. Seen the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. And he just said to me, I want you to end this the right way. I want us to end this the right way. And... You're not doing that right now. So I want you to do what you have to do to get in a space to where you can do that and that we can do that. Interesting. What does that mean? Does that mean ending his time with the Warriors? Does that mean ending his suspension? Does that mean ending his NBA tenure? He is back with the team, and according to the reports, he's expected to play in the next few days. So he joined the team over the weekend, and we know what some of the players have had to say. Clay has been chomping at the bit to get him back on the court because we're better at everything when Draymond is playing. And Draymond was with the team Sunday, He was on the bench with the team when they played. And so he is reinstated, but he's trying to get ready to be out there. And it's going to take a while to get back in basketball shape. So maybe they limit his minutes. Maybe they're careful with him, whatever it is. But he's back with the team. I hope for the future that Draymond recognizes how much he left his teammates in the lurch. He's got a responsibility to him. One of the, uh, to them, excuse me, one of the values of participating in sports is that you learn how to work with a team. In the best case scenarios, you learn that the team is more important than the individual part you learn that being part of something greater than just yourself is so rewarding. You learn that when there's a bond and you're battling and you're competing and you're giving it everything you've got, not because you care about your own personal accolades, but because you care so much about the people in your locker room, that's when chemistry develops. That's when the magic happens, so to speak. That's when teams become winners because it's not just about them anymore. It's not just about their own goals. It's bigger than one person. It's bigger than me. So I hope that Draymond sat and stewed over the fact that he left his team in a really bad spot. These people that he cares so much about, not just Steve Kerr, 
who's so invested, but Clay, who loves him, Steph Curry, who would do anything for him, this this trio, this core that has been through the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. And Draymond certainly needed for them to win, but beyond that, how about just understanding that they count on him? And I hope that prospect of letting them down and disappointing them is a motivator for him. I am a guy who plays on the edge. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, I am a guy who walks right up to that line and I have no problem with admitting I have walked over that line. Um, and for that, I apologize. Um, I apologize to uh, my family um, as they had to endure some things that, as a leader of a family, you have to lead when it's good, you have to lead when it's bad. And that's a, as a leader of anything, very hard to lead when you've created the bad. Everybody's excited to see him. It's great to have him back. He's, you know, one of our leaders and um and he's happy to be back. So, uh, it's a good good vibe in there. I'm a big fan of Steve Kerr for one of the reasons that I told you about Ron Rivera. He fosters relationships. He cares about the people, passionately the people that he works with. Passionately cares about his team and their not just physical health, but their mental health. And he believes that good relationships and trust, as he talks about, are keys to winning. And as I say, Draymond owes him the world because Steve Kerr and Bob Myers, too, when he was in charge, they have gone to bat. They've put their reputations. They've put their own professional livelihoods on the line with Draymond Green. One more thing that Draymond said, which I thought was really interesting, is that, and and I think this is pretty much human nature, when he first got suspended and he was paying attention to what everybody was saying about him, 
somewhere in his mind, as it is for most humans. No, no, that's not me. They've got it wrong. They don't see the real me. They don't know me. They're not dealing with all the information. And that gradually what happened is that he realized that, yeah, there's a lot of truth to what people are saying about me. I do need help. I do need to tone it down. I do need to have some accountability. I do need to take responsibility for my own actions, which is also impressive. Now, at 33 years old, you wouldn't expect it to take this long. But you know what? It's never too late to turn a corner. It's never too late to make a change like this. So good for Draymond. I hope this is the moment, the turning point in his career and his life where it doesn't happen again. Again, for the people around him, not for his own awards, other championships. He's already accomplished more than the vast majority of NBA players ever will. But for his own personal health and for the health of his relationships, I hope that this time it sticks. So Steve Kerr getting ready to welcome him back to the court. As I say, the Warriors are they're, they're ready for him. He'll get um, get lots of shots up and, you know, scrimmage and all that stuff, and I have no idea when that will be. Could you imagine if Draymond had retired? All right, this is so not important, but if he had retired while I had no idea and I come back to work and there's no more Draymond Green, oh, my gosh, I think I would have cried. That was whacked. <laughs> he is one of the most fascinating athletes that I've ever covered, ever talked about. He's such a dichotomy. I've said this over and over again. If I could choose one co-host from the sports world for a show, I would choose Draymond Green. Easily. If you're not going to punch me in my face when you see me, then shut up. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I'd probably get me arrested. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. We welcome all kinds here on After Hours. Tom is listening. Actually, Tom's not listening. He's talking. I was in the locker room talking about a Hello? Hello? Go ahead. Oh, no, because I was was practicing what I was going to say. Okay, so, okay. Nine. Time out. Do you have it written down or are you practicing in the mirror? No, 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 no. I was was just practicing what what I was planning on saying. Tom, before we let you go, do you feel like the practice helped? Oh, of course, yeah. Pr- practice makes makes the uh, th- that much more successful. And thanks for having me on the air. No, thank you, Tom. I appreciate that. I've never had someone get caught practicing before. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Our phone number is 855-212-4227. I, I think it's great that you want to practice and make a good impression. I like that. Always prepare. Practice. We talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We talking about practice, man. <laughs> what are we talking about? We talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. 
Oh, what an iconic moment in sports. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. As I say, 855-212-4227. Michigan is the national champion in college football. Uh, we've also got the NBA and the playoffs on the uh, NBA. Sorry. Uh, the NBA with its news and then the NFL playoffs on the horizon. That's what happens when I talk too fast. Aaron is listening in Ann Arbor, Michigan, home of the Wolverines. Thank you for joining us here on After Hours. Hello there, Amy. How are you? I'm good. Well, all right then. So, um, first of all, uh, you had a sports writer from Houston on earlier. I didn't catch his name. Um, Shahan. Shahan. Mm -hmm. So, uh, he... He started off by talking about uh, Harbaugh dodging the question of his future uh, by saying, a future? Yeah, I hope I have one. However, the actual uh, context is, number one, this is in the pregame press conference. And... Other reporters were asking questions about the game. Harbaugh was there to talk about the game upcoming and answer questions about that. And this guy said something about, hey, you know, what are you going to do after? Are you going to stay at Michigan? Or uh, if you win, are you going to leave? Or what? something along those lines, right? And, and the very first thing Harbaugh said was, basically, I'm, you know, look, there's going to be plenty of time to worry about that after the game, you know, right now, obviously we're focused on the game and that's what we're here for. And then he added in as a joke. And you can see that if you watch the thing, uh, the line about the future. Yeah. I hope I have one. Right. But that was not his answer to the thing. And there was no context about the situation. He was answering it. Well, I think it was relatively mindless. It was essentially, hold on. Aaron, it was essentially to just kind of head the question off at the pass. Like it's pregame. We're getting ready for a championship. I mean, Jim Harbaugh's quirky anyway. It was just kind of a mindless way to say, I'm, I'm not answering any questions about my future right now. Right. But the point is in the context of a three month media slander and smear campaign against Michigan and Harbaugh, the fans, the school, the president, everybody, uh, this guy comes on and wants to get the last little drops of clickbait that he can, right? And he frames it in the context of somebody that's already been painted as a bad guy, a liar, and a cheater. No, no, I disagree with you. I disagree with you. two hours on the phone to say what I had to say. Can I please be allowed to say what I have to say? And then you respond to what I'm actually saying. But when you interrupt me and don't let me make my points, you know... It's like I've wasted all this time trying to make a very important point, Hmm. you know, because you also said earlier about how, boy, we must all be happy. Well, when all you hear every day, even in the face of this, is this crap, not any real uh, talk about or acknowledgement of the team, you know, maybe a thousand-to-one ratio from the entire media of whether they're talking about Michigan football or the phony scandal. Are you, did you hang up on me? <laughs> no. Because I just heard silence all of a sudden. So You asked I, me to I, listen I, to you, jerk. You well, asked me to listen to you, so I was listening to you. Okay, so 
the the point is that he selectively used uh, one small portion of the answer to the question without the context of uh, the the thing in the first place. You know, because uh, it would be reasonable for somebody who it wasn't explained to to think that he's talking about a question asked to him after the game tonight, which he still would have had the right to respond in the uh, and every reason to respond in the same exact way. But that, the point is, he's using this whole context of everything that's the light that Harbaugh's been put in with no knowledge and no facts by anybody but 10 billion words and 10 billion hours of talk everywhere, right? And and so he makes it sound like here's Harbaugh fitting in with this bad character. He's being sort of sleazy. He said he dodged the question about his future as if it was even a legitimate question at that time and place in the first place. But also he didn't dodge it. He said he made a direct statement saying what you were saying he was implying, but he basically said it. This is not the time to talk about that now. He directly said there'll be plenty of time to talk about it after all of this. Right, which I I did say. Aaron, okay, Aaron, I have no idea why you're so freaking angry. Your team is the national champions. How come you're not, like, excited that Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines had the last laugh? How come you're not excited that they just stuck it up the butts of everybody who said that they were cheaters? How come you're not happy? And I do have to let you go because I have to get to a break, but why are you so angry? Do you want an actual answer? Not really. I feel like you've given me plenty. I just don't understand why you're not happy. No, I don't really. I mean, it's going to be more of this, not really. This is kind of a downer. This is a downer. This is my whole point. You have, you collectively, the media, has created a downer. I was happy watching the game in the moment when it happened. But it is impossible to ignore that you have created a false narrative. Well, you don't, first of all, you don't know that it's false. You don't know that it's false. You don't have any firsthand information. You don't know that. Do I believe that Jim Harbaugh was engaged in cheating? I don't really know. But I also know that as a head coach of a program, that it's up to you to know what is happening. Now, is it possible he was completely clueless? Absolutely. It is possible. And he'll have his day in front of a, a judge or blah, 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 whatever, however far this goes. But the thing is, it doesn't matter right now on the field because they had the last laugh. He's right. The players are innocent. He has every right to proclaim his innocence and state his case. But regardless, I spent the first hour of the show talking about how they're champions and we'll do it again next hour. I mean, that's the most important part is on the field. They're 15 and 0 and they've won their first championship since 1997. And honestly, as much as I get that, that no matter what happens right now, you're going to hear it after through 10 billion hours of coverage, you're tired of it. And it's, it's going to be how you process and filter uh, Shahan was just kind of saying that he w- was making a mindless comment. It was harmless. It was not in any way meant to be a knock on Jim Harbaugh. I did not know it was pregame, so that's a valid point. I thought it was postgame. But postgame, he was asked, and he essentially said, I just want to enjoy this time, and we'll get to that when we'll get to it. But uh, there was no malice with my my guest earlier. Um, I appreciate your phone call. Thank you, I, I guess. I'm I just wish you were happy. Your team just won a championship. I, I wish you were able to celebrate that and not worry about what's happening 
on the radio. I think it's fantastic. In fact, I tweeted this last week that Jim Harbaugh gets the last laugh. He and his family, they get to celebrate this, and what a glorious moment despite everything they've been through. And I do believe that it galvanized the Wolverines as a team as well. Please just be happy for me. I think Jim Parvo is getting praise all over the place tonight. Well, but, yeah, huh? I think he's a fantastic coach. And so he can have his, maybe have his pick of NFL jobs now where a year ago he could not. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hurry back to throw. And it is. Is it lost? Oh, my goodness, it's lost. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. Back from under center. Steps back. Throws the fade. Cooper Cup's got it. Touchdown, LA. Burrow back to throw. Looking. Firing deep for Chase in the end zone. He's got it. Yes. Touchdown. Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Mahomes fires for the end zone. Caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. And off to Eckler again. No, Herbert keeps it. End zone. Touchdown. Herbert with his second of the day. Here's the snap. Josh going to keep it himself and run it again inside the five into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. Josh Allen, nine-yard touchdown run. The Bills respond and then some. It's time for QB News on After Hours. teams the NFL season is done which means exit interviews all over the league and some of those result in some bombshell news some firing some pink slips uh in some cases it's a reset and it's on to 2024 it's after hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio Aaron Rodgers instead of going through his weekly radio interview actually faced the media and he is ready for the Jets to begin Work on 2024 and his return, of course. It's not a half-the-time thing. It's not a sometimes thing. It's not a most-of-the-time thing. It's an every-time thing. If you want to be a winning organization, you have to put yourself in a position to win championships and be competitive. Everything that you do matters. And the bull that has nothing to do with winning needs to get out of the building. Wait, does that mean you need to get out of the building? <laughs> He said the BS that 
it has nothing to do with winning. Isn't that what his weekly radio show is all about? Don't make it up. Okay? BS that has nothing to do with winning. So it's okay if it's outside the building and you do it on your own time, but the entire world knows about it? What well, is that tone deaf or is that just me? How could you possibly say that? Right, right, right. Okay, back to football. Let's go. He's optimistic about 24 with the Jets. I think we got a core group of guys. It's really solid. Uh, I think you saw a lot of great, uh, great play this year from individuals. Some guys took some steps from years one and two. Um, I think there's a lot of great cornerstone foundational pieces to build around what you need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, all right. I guess that's more football. Also, he would like the Jets front office to know that he is available should they require his input. As much or as little as they want. I have relationships with uh, various people across the NFL and friends and work out together with a lot of NFL guys. But, you know, Joe and his staff uh, have done a nice job um, over the years. So if he wants uh, my help in recruiting, uh, I'm available. Interesting. I mean, that's similar to what Tom Brady did with Tampa. Whether or not they wanted it, I don't know. I think Bruce Arians welcomed it, at least initially, that Tom would make some suggestions or say, hey, this is a quality guy. I've played with this guy a lot. Now, the Antonio Brown piece, he was on the Super Bowl team and kind of blew up in their faces royally, but I would assume Tom Brady was actually part of how horribly wrong that went, meaning it surprised him too, right? It, it caught him off guard as well. He believed that Antonio Brown could keep it together. A big old chocolate <laughs> ass and met life. Oh, yep. I forgot about that moment. It was it was dubious and it uh, is infamous now. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. By the way, the Jets are sticking with Robert Sala. I told you that. Really think it's because how do you fire a coach when the entire team was built for the purpose of Aaron Rodgers and uh, giving him a comfort zone so that he could settle in and play right away to the best of his ability, and that lasted all of four snaps. When you build the team for Aaron, how do you then fire the coach when you handed him a team that was built for a quarterback he didn't have? The guy glows in the dark. Right, that too. Uh, So let's move on to a different AFC East team. The New England Patriots were in limbo when it comes to Bill Belichick. He's admitted he's under contract. He's working until he's told not to. Uh, But what about Mac Jones, who's also under contract for 2024? I have a lot of respect for the people in this locker room, and that's where it starts. Um, I feel like I let people down. Um, with my play and a lot of that stuff's in my control and some of it's not so uh, I'm going to do everything I can um, for my next opportunity whether that's here and and really just push forward and and continue to be Mac that's what it's all about and don't let that waver he did say some of the issues this year I control some I did not 10 touchdowns a dozen interceptions I felt like he was real hesitant second guessed himself a lot it felt like his confidence took a hit We'll see whether or not the Patriots decide to keep him around for the final year of his rookie deal, which is 24. As for Joe Burrow, all he could do is sit back and evaluate for the second half of the Bengals season. I think CJ has, has done a great job. It's always tough to go into that situation as you know a high pick and, and perform the way he has, and so that's been impressive. I think you know, Dak has done a really great job with, with that group. You know, he's, he's been fun to watch. You know, there's guys all across the league. I think a couple of college guys have a really good chance too. If they've they've had a they've been fun to watch. You know, I don't really have an opportunity to watch college much the last couple of years because you're so locked in. But this year I have, and so there's some really mm. good college quarterbacks coming out that I think have a good chance to play well. 
We'll talk about a couple of those after the top of the hour. From one injured quarterback to another, Kirk Cousins' uncertain future with the Vikings, but it's not going to be about the dollar signs. I think that God has blessed me financially beyond my wildest dreams. So at this stage in my career, uh, the dollars are really not what it's about. I think he wants to win. That's what happens when athletes get older and they haven't yet experienced the grandest stage in the sport, right? They haven't yet won a ring. That's what they want, which means they're willing to make financial concessions. They're willing to make structural concessions. What they really want is to have their legacy and their tenure cemented by a championship. Uh, and they want to taste that when they watch other guys doing it for years. And so in the case of Kirk Cousins, again, like many older athletes, I'm sure he's willing to give up a lot if it means the team will put winning pieces around him. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.